Welcome back to the OU Sports Extra podcast. Eli Letterman with Eric Bailey. Eric, we're back for a second time this week. It's a, <laughs> a rare treat, I guess, you know, as we head into summer and maybe a lighter period. But this week is, has called for it. On Monday, we we hopped on here to talk about Jordy Ball and her move this morning. Uh, she announced her recording Thursday morning. She announced her commitment to Nebraska, kind of as expected. But that's not what we're here to talk about, Eric, because only last night, uh, There's the event down in Rudy's. You were in Tulsa hanging with Joe Castiglione, and, and we got the SEC schedule reveal, or, or rather the opponent reveal uh, for the 2024 SEC football schedule, which means we know who the Sooners will be playing in their first season, their first run through the SEC. Heavy dose of the Tigers, right? Mizzou, three Tigers. Auburn, LSU, three out of the eight are Tigers. No, I think this was a day everyone's been waiting for, and I tell you, I'm excited. And and the thing that not to forget is that there's still a Big 12 season. Oklahoma has to go out strong with the Big 12 play in 2023. But I think everyone's excited about 2024. And it's hard to believe you can really see, you can see the the light at the end of the rainbow now. You can see what's ahead. And I think that's the excitement. Uh, Knowing Alabama's coming to Norman. Tennessee's coming to Norman. South Carolina and Shane Beamer are coming to Norman. So I, I think that that's the big thing is seeing these new schools and the opportunity to make trips to Auburn, make a trip to um, to um, where else? Old Miss, going to the Grove, LSU, LSU, and going back to Columbia, a place that you're familiar with. I think that's going to be a lot of fun for Oklahoma fans. So uh, buckle up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So to just to run it down fully, coming to Norman in 2024, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina. The Sooners will go to Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, and Missouri, and they will meet Texas in Dallas, as always. And uh, worth noting that OU is the designated home team for that game. So they have four, technically four home games uh, in, in conference, but one of those will be at the Cotton Bowl like it is every year. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, there's uh, Alabama may be one of the biggest games in Norman, you know, matchups in Norman, and by, by that point in about a decade. Tennessee and South Carolina. That's Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer coming. The trips are great. I'm going to make sure Joe C is, is buying Shakespeare's pizza for everybody in Columbia. Uh, and it, it really, you know, it, it, this is, I guess, what it was all about. I mean, I know uh, this move to the SEC has a lot of far-reaching implications, but ultimately um, it probably it had a lot to do with football, had a lot to do with TV, and a lot to do with marquee matchups. And you're seeing, you know, you, you could have Put none of these teams, I guess you keep Texas on Oklahoma's schedule and replace them with the rest of the uh, the SEC, and it still would have been an exciting, robust schedule. And I think that's just what we're in for now. We're going to have to get used to is exciting matchups, and, and for OU and for Sooner fans, schedules that at, at the very least on paper look a lot more daunting than they've had in the past. Yeah, gone are Kansas, Texas Tech, and uh, you know schools like that, Iowa State. You know, not with all due respect to those schools, uh, this is just a different animal. Uh, you know, and, and what's interesting, too, when you think about these schools, what the SEC did, too, is Oklahoma and Texas are playing every school this year. You, you know, if, you know, te- uh, the, the SEC is – all the SEC schools are getting either OU or Texas in year one, which is really interesting, which really gave us a hint. If you're if you're not playing OU, you're playing Texas. So the SEC is going to meet one of the, the new two, co- two newcomers in year one. And this is just a one-year deal, too. I guess we'll find out in 25 what's going to happen with this uh, schedule. And there's an opportunity where 
you know, you could play the same team in 25 when they reset the schedule and reshuffle things. There's an opportunity where OU may meet a similar team in 25. We don't know how that reshuffling process is going to be. So, but this is going to be dawning. I, I, if you had to pick, let's pick, let me, let me throw this at you, Eli. Mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll, I'll go first. If I had to pick my favorite home game, my favorite away game on this schedule, uh, I'll, I'll say my favorite home game, the game I'm looking forward to, and I'm going to cheat and take the obvious one. I'm going to say Alabama, of course, coming to Norman. Uh, you know, we were kind of cheated this year. We Georgia was supposed to come to Norman this year, and when they, oh, you made the move to uh, join the SEC, that game was taken off the schedule. So I'm looking forward to Alabama coming to Norman. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the road game I'm looking forward to is going to LSU. Uh, I think this is kind of exciting. I, I hope it's a night game just because I can – so we can experience the, the craziness uh, down, down at LSU, Death Valley at night. You see it on TV a lot. Uh, maybe I'm maybe be careful what you wish for, though, too. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm looking forward to experience that. A close second would be the Grove uh, going to, to Oxford and seeing that too. So, but I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if you had to pick a uh, favorite home game, favorite road game, what would you pick? Now you're just taking all the good ones. Well, I'm doing a quick, <laughs> quick, quick little research here. Uh, let's see. So, Daryl K. Royal Stadium, where OU, I don't, when, when was the last time OU would have played there in Austin? I mean, hey, it, I, I don't, I don't know. In Austin. I'm not putting you on the spot. Point being, that's the biggest stadium in, in the Big 12, 100,000 seats. Death Valley, 102,000 at, at LSU. So that's what OU will be stepping into, is a stadium bigger than any they've played in in the conference in some time. And then there's certainly other huge stadiums across the conference. But for me, let's assume all, everyone stays in place. I think Josh Heifel coming back with Tennessee is certainly intriguing. The storylines are there from – playing career from his coaching career and and perhaps where he'll have Tennessee by then we, we've seen what he could do from year one to year two we got them up to number one in the country at one point last year uh that's going to be really intriguing I wouldn't discount though Shane Beamer also with his OU ties someone whose name you know might have even come up in the coaching search that yielded Brent Venables even if it was a brief uh you know dalliance whatever that's intriguing on the road I've got my personal ties to Missouri We'll be thrilled to to take the OUB to Columbia and to show off a fine SEC college town. But Ole Miss uh, takes the cake. I think I think LSU is going to be an incredible cultural experience. But Ole Miss will be in a, in a year where OU is going to get introduced to the SEC, the Grove, Ole Miss, everything about it. That is SEC football, and I, I think that's going to be the most fun one. I'm going to find a way to pitch Eric that day some kind of walk around story. You won't see me in the press box. I'm going to be. <laughs> I'll I'll file my copy by four and be in bed by five. Hope, hope for a night game. <laughs> you know, something neat about this schedule, too, and we knew this going in, uh, you know, this is going to be a lot of new relationships, new new things for Oklahoma fans. Um, outside of the games against Texas and Missouri, you know, Oklahoma's relationships with, ships with both those schools through the Big 12. The other six schools that OU's playing in year one of 2024 SEC, they've only played a combined 16 times. They've never played South Carolina. They've only played Ole Miss once. Uh, th these are all new things to them. They've never played at LSU. They've never played at, at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, th these are all going to be new experiences. They've never played at Auburn. So these are going to be very new. So then this is what, you know, OU fans are going to be excited about. These road trips are going to be so much fun because they've never been there before and, and vice versa. These SEC schools, when they come to Oklahoma, this is going to be a new experience for them, too. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to is seeing those fan bases 
both ways. Oklahoma fans going to SEC schools and SEC schools coming to Oklahoma and experiencing Norman for the first time. That's going to be pretty cool as well. Well, the, the, most of the matchups as well have come in the postseason. You know, OU has met Alabama, I think, six times total. Four of those were in the postseason. Uh, there's a memorable meeting with LSU in the college football playoff that isn't too distant in the memory. Um, but you're right. It, it's going to be a, an introduction. And, and that's going to be the, the fun part of, of certainly the next few years. But of OU getting into this conference, because first it'll be fresh. And then there will be rivalries that develop. And we'll see what they do in terms of the, the scheduling model. If there's going to be uh, three permanent rivals or if we're just going to have that rotation. But, you know, certainly by year three, four, five, maybe maybe there's a rivalry we can't even forecast right now. I mean, can you imagine a, an Oklahoma-Tennessee feud that we can't even, you know, forecast or foresee right now? And that, that, that's what I think will be fun about this conference is it's going to have the big, some of the biggest hitters in the country. And when they start playing each other, they start recruiting against each other and all that. Uh, it's going to get fun, spicy, dramatic, all those things. Uh, Eric, it was interesting. We got to hear from both Joe Castiglione and Brent Venables. At least, you know, you were in Tulsa with Josie. We, we'll get to that in a second. But we heard from Brent Venables speaking from Rudy's and Norman uh, and his excitement. You know, he was saying, you know, it's finally here. It's going to be around the corner. He kind of kept the focus on 23 because it's, mm -hmm. as you said, that, that's what's in front of them. But, you know, he said, you know, before you know it, this is going to be here. He encouraged fans to go buy tickets last night. Uh, even said, you know, call the ticket office tonight. Although the reports I got back were the ticket office, at least in the minutes after he said that, was not answering its phone. Mm -hmm. um, but there was excitement there, and and perhaps the the quote from Brent, not related to the SEC, that that made minor shockwaves, were the was the the quote, if the defense is better, so to speak, this is a ten win team. That certainly set some uh, new expectations, perhaps, or would probably get some people jazzed up. But th that was what, what jumped out from Brent uh, in speaking with Joe Castiglione, Eric, about the, the SEC portion of the schedule. What did what did you glean? You know, the, the main thing is just the expectations, uh, just the business side of things. I think that's the thing that he's excited. He was glad. He was excited to see Oklahoma fans, Sooner Nation, uh, be excited. I think that's the thing. He's known the schedule for a little while now, and he was excited and thrilled for it to be publicly revealed. But he also mentioned that the business part of him is wondering, okay, we need to get ready. We need to get ready for these road trips. We need to get ready for these teams to come in. And the one thing that he mentioned a couple of times, uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier before the reveal, is he needs to find two non-conference opponents. Uh, he needs to fill that 24 schedule. And the SEC has a mandate where they want a power five opponent on the schedule for each uh, SEC school because it's an eight-game conference schedule in 24. So he's searching for that opponent. And he, he kind of laughed. He said there's just a couple of options. And when he said couple, it sounds like literally two options. He didn't disclose what two options those, those are. And he even mentioned one of those is a stretch. So Oklahoma needs to find someone to play. Uh, and they're going to have to announce it pretty quick. So we're trying to see who, who that is, who those options are that Oklahoma is going to play. We asked if Army was an option, and it doesn't sound like Army's an option. That's a game from the 2000 season that was struck because of COVID, Oklahoma still owes a visit to West Point, which I would, you know, selfishly, I was hoping that, you know, that could be added to the schedule in 2024, just to get a chance to go up there. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen. But um, 
I thought that was interesting that he's still looking for a game. Selfishly, I was hoping Bedlam could be added to 24. I don't think that's going to happen. And while we were talking about Bedlam, I thought it was interesting, too, talking to Joe C. Uh, he mentioned that him and Chad Weiberg, his counterpart at OSU, have had really good dis discussions about the future of Bedlam. Uh, it doesn't sound like there's anything on the horizon about re restoring that series, but they've had good conversations about the future of the series. Uh, the issue, the point now is that, you know, Oklahoma State has nine conference games a year. They have three open slots on, on non-conference games, and they've really booked, like Oklahoma have done, they've really booked ahead. A lot of their, they got a lot of contracts, a lot of games already booked. There's not a lot of open slots in OSU's future. So uh, Joe Castiglione sounds like he's confident that Bedlam will resume. It's just a point of, you know, figuring out when it'll find time and in, the, in future schedules. Uh, it could be years from now, but I think that, you know, the, the good news for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State fans, fans that want this game to resume, that uh, the option is still on the table. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised that those two, knowing them both, you know, well enough that they've had productive conversations, they've gotten along. It's interesting for Bedlam's future. I think there's three components that kind of have to go right. One, which may already be in progress, is just, you know, any bad blood. Is there bad blood from OU's decision to leave? What kind of scars is that left from the sound of it? They're having positive discussions. Two is the future scheduling. There's just, as you pointed out, you know, both of these schools have, have scheduled themselves out in non-conference play. OU's had to, you know, o OU's first concern, as you covered, has, has been to be malleable in order to service its move to the SEC and what they've got to do. They had to move that Georgia game, reschedule with uh, their schedule, a home and home with SMU. They've got to figure stuff out for 2024. OSU is booked out pretty deep. And then third, again, as you mentioned, is what really makes sense. And, and future scheduling models will dictate this. If, if the, the SEC six to eight games, that leaves a really easy place on the schedule for OU, perhaps, to have OSU each season. For OSU, you play nine games a year and one of them, uh, nine conference games a year, and one of them outside of it has to be OU. That, that becomes a maybe a tougher prospect or, or really you're going to have to meet somewhere in the middle. So there's a lot of factors there, but I think baseline, uh, you know, we, we were talking about Missouri here, a school that, you know, when they left the big 12, Kansas wouldn't play them for close to a decade. Uh, it sounds like OU and OSU might be further along there. And and if, if you are rooting for that rivalry to come back, that does sound like a positive. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and while we're talking about the SEC schedule, there's one game, I really was pulling for this year, going back to the SEC schedule. That didn't happen. That I, I can't wait to play is OU Arkansas. That's a game that I, I really, really want to see played. Uh, the proximity, it just makes sense. They're border states. You mentioned OU or Kansas, Missouri. The OU Arkansas, they've only played three times since 1926. It's incredible. They, they just haven't played. And um and uh, I, I just don't get it. I really don't. And I was really hoping and pulling for that game uh, this year. I get it this year because oh, uh, Texas and Arkansas have a heated rivalry, and they're restoring that rivalry this year. So when uh, Arkansas and Texas were going to play, we knew that OU and Te Arkansas were going to play this year. I'm really hopeful that can develop into a rivalry because it just seems natural. It really, really does. So I'm hoping in the future, if it does go to three, three, three rivalry games, if they go to nine teams and three rivalry games. I hope that can be created. It just seems natural. It really, really does to me. Here's a question for you. Is Texas the first team to move conferences and find more traditional rivals in their new conference? 
<laughs> they're going to play Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Oklahoma next year. I think that's more of their traditional rivals. And the LSU will be, you know, in a year later. Uh, I think that falls in. I don't, know, I don't know if people just hate Texas or what. I don't get it. I think more people hate Texas. Well, he, here's the question. I mean, if you ask Texas fans, who is your rival? Who do they answer? Do they say it's OU? Do they say it's A&M? Do they say it's Arkansas? I just wonder if you ask Texas fan who your rival is, I, I think they say OU. But if you ask AM fan, they'll say Texas. If you ask Arkansas fan, they'll say Texas. If you ask Texas fan, I think they say OU. There's an argument to be made over the last 15 years that Texas' greatest rival is Texas. Good point. Very good point. Um, and, you know, while we're, we're getting off on a tangent, but who's OSU's rival once OU leaves the league? That's a good question. Um, that's when we got to pull Dean Rule, our OSU writer, on here for that <laughs> one. I I don't know if there's a natural – I don't know. You know, I think people might have said Baylor a few years ago with, with the games they played in 2021, but there's a difference between a rival that can withstand changes in form or, you know, yeah. it's a rivalry game where both teams are 6-6, six and six, so they're both 11-1. and one. Um that one felt more maybe just down to where those programs were at that time. But that's that's the big question and probably the question the Big 12 as a conference will have to answer for itself over the next few years of, of creating rivalries or scheduling rivalries because they are losing certainly their biggest rivalry in OU Texas. We know that. Um, but losing Bedlam's big uh, and, and Texas playing all of its Texas schools um, is another loss for the conference. I, I do really think that's important in terms of we're, we're talking about the SEC and breeding some really either old rivals or breeding new ones. And, and I do think they hit on the whole of the SEC. I mean, this schedule is great across the board, the, the matchups they've created. The Big 12, and there's no point in comparing the SEC and the Big 12 and when, when we're talking about some of the caliber of schools. The point being, the, the Big 12 has work to do in terms of making sure that its matchups and its rivalries are there while, while the SEC seemingly could just throw out this schedule and, and they're all there. I'm starting the OSU-BYU rivalry right now. OSU, There you go. Provo and Stillwater. I'm starting it now. I don't know why, but I'm starting it now. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sign the petition. We need to, we need to make a trophy. Let, let, let's, <laughs> let's commission a trophy. <laughs> well, Eric, I think, you know, in, in terms of housekeeping, uh, we mentioned Jordy Ball this morning, committed to Nebraska. It was expected, you know, when she said she was going home, I there were only, what, three real division one options in the state of Nebraska. Yeah. There was one very obvious one in terms of a school that made the postseason this year. Uh, Lincoln's only so far from her home uh, in Papillion, Nebraska. Uh, funny. I was supposed to talk to the mayor of Papillion on Monday and it didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think I know why I didn't call. Um, and, uh, but yeah, you know, this, this was expected and, and going back to what she said on Monday in her statement about wanting to just be home. And, and the reasons really why she was making this move, it all makes perfect sense and can only hope, and you wrote this so eloquently in your piece, but that she's chosen happiness, chosen home, family, all that. Um, so it was positive. But the picture, it was, it was fast. And the photos of her in a Nebraska uniform are a little jarring. It's a slightly different red. Number 98. The uniform 98 is already made. How, how does that, that didn't take long to find a jersey of 98, did it? Here's my question. She, and this could just be for, you know, posing for recruiting photos. One of the photos, she had a bat in her hand, and I'm, it, it did dawn on me. Uh, and you and I had this discussion, I think, prior to game two of the World Series projecting Jordy's future in Norman, how silly we were. 
uh, of, would she pick up the bat more? We've seen her on the bases. And I, I wonder, this is, I, I, what we said then was that uh, OU's lineup is good enough to not necessarily need Jordy Ball's bat and whatever risk that presents to the best pitcher in college softball, maybe. I wonder if she'll have a better opportunity, more of an opportunity to hit up there as a two-way player. That that would be an interesting development with her. You know, uh, she played, in Lincoln, she played a little bit of outfield too at OU. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think she, I wouldn't be surprised if they put her in the outfield a couple of games just to let her play. So I, I think I think you'll see her play some field too. I really wouldn't be surprised. So uh, yeah, I I I think she's definitely going to get more than forty at bats. I think she had about forty at bats at OU this year. I definitely think she'll get more than that. That's intriguing. Uh, other bits, I mean, you were at the Board of Regents meeting. Anything especially interesting to share? Uh, yeah, they're going to try to to make tailgating fun again. They they want to ramp up tailgating. Tailgating's get... always been fun, Eric. Yeah, they want to take tailgating. it to, they want to take it to SEC level. So we'll see what that means. I'm kind of curious what that means. SEC levels. I mean, that's a different ballgame than SEC, I hear. So I, I'm kind of curious what that means, uh, which will be Eric, I can attest. I can attest. <laughs> you hear I can attest. Uh so that'll be interesting to see what happens. Um there's some movement on the NIL front. We'll have to see where directions are gonna go. Uh you know, with the legislature passing what, what Oklahoma can do. I think that that's gonna moving on. We're gonna have to see what else NIL, what steps they're gonna make in NIL. Contract-wise, there was a lot of movement with money. Uh Jenny Bronchek got a nice raise, KJ Kindler got a nice raise. The interesting thing with this, the stay bonuses, KJ Kindler got a really nice $300,000 stay bonus, but uh, it's a $300,000 stay bonus. She doesn't get paid. She has to stay three years to get that stay bonus, which really is interesting. Uh, Jenny Baranchak got a $100,000 stay bonus, but she has to stay two years to get that stay bonus. Typically, those stay bonuses are on a year-to-year basis. So they've written in a couple of different stay bonuses where they get they have two-year intervals. So I think that's more of an incentive to stay a little longer to earn those bonuses. So I thought that stood out a little bit to me also. Um, and uh, football media days, uh, that's <laughs> we're less than a month away. That's crazy. crazy man. We'll, we'll be in Arlington in less than a month talking to coaches, 14 coaches too, not just 12 coaches. We'll be talking to 14 coaches about uh, the upcoming season. So we're, we're that close away as well. And uh, what on the hoops front? I believe Armand Gates, the new assistant, mm. had his contract approved. They also announced mm. yesterday that uh, Emmanuel Abilde, who's been with Porter Moser since he arrived at Norman, will be the new associate head coach. He's in an elevated role. And lastly, on the baseball front, this morning, this got reported last night, but now officially you announced it. Uh, former Sooner uh, Todd Butler is returning as an assistant coach and recruiting coordinator been around the game forever he played with at, at OU in 87 and 88 a while back but he's been a head coach um he spent time with three different SEC programs and uh Skip Johnson's staff there the staff he's brought in between Reggie Willits uh Russell Rayleigh another former Sooner here uh they've done well recruiting we know that and uh if they're going to get back I, I think to, to Omaha that, that's where it starts so plenty of news going on, even beyond the SEC stuff, Eric. It, it just doesn't stop. Armand Gates, 400000 a year. That's what his salary is. Really nice salary. Uh, that's what he's, his initial salary is going to be at Oklahoma. Speaking of recruiting, that's part of why he's here. Uh, and Porter Moser, just like Skip Johnson, they need it uh, sorely. So, Eric, I think that wraps it up for us. Second part of the week. We'll be back 
I don't know. Uh, truthfully, but, uh, you, we both got some vacation coming up, but we'll, we'll be back in, in spurts here and there over the next few weeks. And then you mentioned uh, full force Big 12 media days. They're going to come before we know it. Uh, and we'll be back with coverage uh, from now till then at TosaWorld.com, OU Sports Extra, as always. We'll be back here on the pod at, at some point. And until then, you know, as always, you'll find us, TosaWorld.com, OU Sports Extra, Google. Apple, Spotify, everywhere you you get your podcasts, and we appreciate you joining us.